Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I want to tell you about Operation Cowboy, an operation uh, that took place during the closing stages of the Second World War in Europe. And it's remarkable uh, It's remarkable for a couple of different reasons. Firstly, it involved uh, one of the only battles, right, that was fought between the, the Nazis, the Nazi Waffen-SS, the combat, uh, combat branch of the paramilitary SS, and uh, members of the US Armed Forces alongside Allied prisoners of war and some Russian deserters and... Other German Wehrmacht soldiers. Operation Cowboy is one of two battles in which allies joined forces with former Nazi soldiers in the Wehrmacht to fight against the SS. And you can hear all about the other one in episode 155, the Battle of Castle Ida. Get across it. But the other remarkable thing about Operation Cowboy is why this operation took place in the first place. It was a rescue mission. And its object was to rescue, of all things, a group of horses. So thanks go to alert listener Travis Weatherly for sending this in as a topic suggestion. Cheers, Travel Son. What a story we're about to get into here. <clears throat> By the end of April 1945, the writing was on the wall. The Allies had won the war in Europe. And even though Hitler's continued to, uh, refusal to surrender caused the fighting and the, and the senseless killing uh, to continue, it was... Broadly speaking, a foregone conclusion that Nazi Germany would lose the war. All the same, many Nazis refused to capitulate. They fought on for a lost cause. Uh, but others, others knew that the war was effectively over for them. And the best that they could hope for was a peaceful surrender to the approaching allies. And this is what brings us to a stud farm in the town of Hostau, today known as Hostown in the modern day Czech Republic, which back then, uh, of course, was under Nazi control during the Second World War. Now, this stud farm, it was under the command of a Wehrmacht lieutenant colonel named Hubert Rudowski, and it was staffed by a team of equine vets and trainers and breeders, all of whom had been charged with an absolutely bizarre assignment to create an Aryan horse through a selective breeding program. Now, as we all know, the Nazis had completely ludicrous and deluded ideas about genetic and racial superior superiority. But apparently these ideas extended to horses as well, because they were attempting to breed a race of super horses. 
When Nazi Germany annexed Austria in 1938, the horses of the famous Spanish Riding School, found of course not in Spain but in the Austrian capital of Vienna, these horses were taken to the stud farm in Hostau with the explicit intention of using them to, again, breed a race of super horses. This is not a joke, this actually happened. Uh, and the horses taken from the Spanish Riding School were of the legendary Lipizzana breed. Now, these horses are probably the most famous example of horses bred for classical dressage. That's an even fancier version of the horse dancing that you see at the Olympics. Uh, and Lipizzanas, they've been bred over generations as an iconic example of the Baroque type of horse. Compact, muscular, powerful, the sort of horse you'd expect to see in an old painting. Uh, they are, according to my very horsey fiancé, Megan, they are beautiful and stately animals. She described them being put through their paces as being like, this is an actual quote from her, being like Formula One cars doing ballet, which is quite an evocative turn of phrase. But she also told me, interestingly, that um, most Lipizzanas are born completely dark and then they turn white by the time they're adults. Although she insists, as do all slightly mental horsey people, that uh, they're not white, but grey. Apparently, there is no such thing as a white horse. So for a so-called horse expert, she clearly doesn't know all that much because there are white horses everywhere. I've seen hundreds, so I don't know what you're going on about, Megan. Anyway, all the Pizanas, they can trace their lineage back to just eight original stallions. Very famous breed of horses. Uh, you can still see them today in action at the Spanish Riding School if, you, if you're ever in Vienna. Anyway, the Nazis, they wanted to use these uh, these Lipizzanas to breed their Aryan horse. They shipped them all off to Hostau once they had annexed Austria. Uh, and there they were in late April 1945 with, the, with war in Europe swiftly coming to an end. The Americans were approaching Hostau from the west. The Russians were approaching from the east. And so Lieutenant Colonel Rudofsky had to decide what he's going to do vis-a-vis -vis the whole surrendering business. Now, he's not convinced that he should surrender in the first place, given the oath that he took to, to fight to the bitter end. But luckily, he wasn't the only horse-loving Lieutenant Colonel in Hostau. A Luftwaffe Lieutenant Colonel was stranded there with his unit thanks to a fuel shortage. His name was Walter Halter. And uh, he talked the issue over with Rudofsky, making it clear that not only should they very definitely surrender... They also should very definitely seek to surrender to the Americans and not to the Russians. And this was for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, because the Red Army, while liberating Hungary, had shot the entire Royal Hungarian Lipizzana collection. So clearly the Ruskies didn't think too much of horse dancing. Uh, but secondly, the Red Army was known to be uh, hmm, rather unforgiving when it came to, uh, the, to the treatment of the forces that surrendered to them. So... Between that and not having the horses sent to the glue factory, Halters advocated a speedy surrender to the GIs. And uh, ultimately, while Rudofsky ummed and ahed about what he was going to do, Halters actually took the decision out of Rudofsky's hands. He snuck out of Hostown, he approached the US 42nd Cavalry Reconnaissance Squadron and met with its commanding officer, Colonel Charles M. Reed, under a flag of truce. And during this covert meeting, Halters offered the complete surrender of all the military personnel at Hostel on one condition, that the Americans help evacuate all the prized Lipizzana horses that were there as well. And it's fortunate for Halters, and indeed for the horses too, I suppose, that the unit that he made contact with was a cavalry unit. 
Reed, as it turns out, the uh, the American commanding officer, he was also a slightly mental horse person himself. And although his cavalry unit was, of course, keeping up with the times, it was now mechanised, he wasn't about to see some of the finest equine specimens in the world make a premature trip to the interior of a dog food can. And so he sought for and received the approval of US General George S. Patterson, another slightly mental horse person, And so this rescue operation, which has become known as Operation Cowboy, got underway. However, there were several issues that the US forces had to overcome, even with the surrender and the the cooperation of these Wehrmacht and and Luftwaffe forces. Firstly, they were still about 30 kilometres away from the stud on the other side of the Czech border. And while the hostile troops had agreed to surrender and be taken prisoner, the Waffen-SS troops that were protecting the border, they had made no such promises. Secondly, this cavalry unit was exhausted after nine months of heavy fighting and they were spread very thin. While Patton did divert some resources to them, they still didn't really have the manpower or the material support for this operation. Thirdly, at the recent Yalta conference, it was agreed that Czechoslovakia would fall under Russian authority after the Nazis were beaten. And so it's very unlikely that the Soviets would be pleased to find out that the Americans were undertaking operations in what was nominally their backyard. And if the Ruskies turned up in hostile before the Americans, it would not be a, there would not be a good outcome for those Lipizzana horses. So time was of the essence. And then finally, really throwing a spanner in the works was the fact that a great number of the hundreds of horses at the stud were pregnant or had just given birth and so had young foals with them. And this, of course, would make their evacuation even more difficult than before. Nonetheless, the operation was greenlit and so 325 GIs were assembled along with a few armoured cars and two light tanks on the 28th of April 1945 and Operation Cowboy began. Thousands of Nazi troops defended the 30-kilometre stretch of road to Hostau, but they were kept at bay as the Americans advanced by artillery barrages from across the border, and the 42nd, it made its way east. Fortunately, miraculously perhaps, the Americans suffered very little in the way of casualties on their way to Hostau and managed to arrive there more or less intact and unharmed. However, after arriving in Hostau, it is not as if they could capture and hold the town, they were a few hundred men, 30 kilometres deep into enemy territory, no supply lines, no reinforcements. These guys, they had to get in, get what they'd come for, and then get out. And this was not as easy as it sounds. Firstly, there was the enormous logistical challenge of evacuating hundreds and hundreds of horses, um, as we've already talked about, and that logistical challenge was made even more difficult because half the horses are pregnant or with small foals. And secondly, there's the matter of all of these surrendered troops. They're now prisoners of war, technically speaking, so what's to be done with them? They had to be herded out back towards the German border along with all the horses. And thirdly, the Americans had to be prepared for a counterattack from the Nazis. It's not as if they managed to get there without being spotted or seen, and this meant that not all 325 of the GIs could help organise the horses and the prisoners or They'd have their pants down if if the Nazis showed up and there was no one on guard. So, with that in mind, the Americans knew that they needed more manpower. And fortunately for them, more manpower was at hand. There was a small contingent of Allied prisoners of war there in hostile, British, French, Poles, Serbs. Even some Kiwis were there being made to work as labourers on the stud. 
The US freed these prisoners, obviously, and quickly rearmed them and tasked them with aiding the evacuation effort. Interestingly, too, there was also a, a contingent of Russian defectors there, Cossacks, led by a, a former Russian aristocrat, who had become double defectors when they had deserted from the Nazis a short time earlier. So first of all, they deserted from the Russians and joined the Nazis, and now they're defecting from the Nazis and rejoining the Allies, but this time with the Americans, not with those damn dirty communists to the east. But even this wasn't judged to be enough by the Americans. Even with the newly liberated prisoners of war, even with these Russian Cossacks, if they wanted to make it back across the border safely, they needed more men. And so it was that after disarming all of the surrendering Wehrmacht and Luftwaffe prisoners that they'd taken under the command of Rudowski and Halters, the Americans then handed back these German troops their weapons. These surrendering troops agreed to serve under the command of the 42nd. And look, while you can certainly be charitable and say that these men probably, they probably harboured a secret anti-Nazi sentiment the whole time and they were glad to now be fighting for the good guys, the truth is, is probably a lot simpler. Very likely the truth is that they were just scared young men with their world on the verge of collapse, surrounded by armed soldiers, and further terrified of the idea of the murderous Red Army cresting the hills around Hostau. Better the devil you know, right? So, whatever the reason, these troops, they willingly submitted to the authority of the US forces. And I'll tell you this, they did not waver when push came to shove. As these unlikely allies, US soldiers, Russian Cossacks, newly rearmed former prisoners of war, brand new disarmed then rearmed current prisoners of war, as they worked to prepare the horses for evacuation, the Waffen-SS arrived in Hostau. And fierce fighting immediately broke out as the Allies attempted to defend the start. Uh, it seems that no one, not even the former Nazis themselves, had any issues killing the troops from the SS. While the Allies lost a handful of lives, the SS were devastated. They lost hundreds of men. Both the attacks they staged were dismal failures that led to a total disengagement and retreat. And much of that was because of the actions of these former Wehrmacht troops who, as I say, didn't have the slightest hesitation in turning their coats and firing on their former colleagues. Meanwhile, as this fighting was uh, finally brought to an end, the Allies had commandeered every single vehicle they could find that was capable of moving a horse, and they had been mustering the Lipizzaners onto them. But this still wasn't enough. And so, with time running out, it was decided that, like the cowboys for which the operation was named, the troops would herd the remaining horses back across the border. Now, of course, thankfully, plenty of experienced horsemen were at hand, from the cavalry commanders to the Cossacks, and so the Lipizzaners were rounded up, and this entire contingent of Allied forces made ready to depart. But as they did, with a rumbling roar from the east, Soviet T-34 tanks emerged to intercept the operation. Now, I wasn't able to find too many details uh, about this encounter. Apparently, there, there was a fair bit of tension between the Americans and the Russians, as you can imagine, as they discussed what was to be done here. But ultimately, and happily, the Russians stood down and they allowed the evacuation to continue uncontested. And so... One of the strangest military processions in history 
made its way back across the border into Germany, bringing the Lipizzaners to safety in, in the company of American soldiers, liberated Allied prisoners of war, a host of cantankerous and thoroughly disloyal Russian Cossacks, and, most remarkably of all, a group of ex-Nazis who had just spent the last little while killing Nazis themselves. But the horses, after their rescue, were all loaded into trucks that were a little more suitable to their species and were transported to the safety of US-held territory in Germany, where they survived. The little foals grew up, shed their dark coats and turned a brilliant white, oh, I'm sorry, a brilliant grey, um, and so their bloodline continued. Operation Cowboy was a success against all odds, and as I say, is one of only two examples of German and Allied troops fighting shoulder to shoulder during the Second World War. And in the coming years, the Lipizzaners that they rescued were repatriated to the Spanish Riding School back in Vienna, and to this very day, you can visit the school and see their descendants in action, dancing and prancing around with all the grace and elegance of an F1 car doing ballet, apparently. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.